everyone, this is Zain Sharma, the Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. Today with us, we have Mridula Pradhan, and she'll be sharing on the call of God. The topic that I'm going to discuss today, and we are going to look at God's Word, we are going to study God's Word, and we are going to dissect God's Word today. And it's going to be Exodus chapter 3, where uh, Moses encounters God in the burning bush, and God calls Moses, and we are going to study that, and we are going to see how Moses responds to God's call. Awesome. So when we are talking in like in our daily lives, we see right in this world today, all of us, uh, we are we are working, we have jobs, we are uh, people. uh, The world today is very career oriented. Right. So when we are looking at a job or when we are looking at building our career, what do we do? Right. We prepare ourselves. We study the um, subjects that we want to excel in, that we are good at, that we are interested in. And then we get some job experiences if we can. We make a resume. Right. Our resume has highlights of what our strengths are. Uh, We try to paint the best picture of ourselves in the resume and then we apply for jobs. We go for interviews where people question us on our uh, things, our strengths, our abilities and based on how we give our interviews uh, we get a call from the company saying that okay we are hired or we are not hired or you know they they are taking us or not. So that's how the world works. That's how a job and a person who qualifies uh, Uh, for a job is is you know brought together in this world but when we look at God's word you know God's kingdom is upside down and when God has a job to be done this is not the way he looks for people but it is quite the opposite right so let us all open our uh, Bibles to Exodus chapter 3 and uh, we will read portions of this chapter and we'll break it down by sections and we'll learn key principles that we can take away from this section. So I'm reading chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. I hope all of you have your Bibles. So here we go. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing flame of fire amongst the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush was on fire and yet was not consumed. So Moses said I must turn away from my flock and see this great sight why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned away from the flock to look God called to him from the midst of the bush and said Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Now, this is a very, very interesting uh, part of the scripture that uh, that I see over here. So uh, to summarize, Moses sees the burning bush while tending to his flock, right? He, he's tending his flock in the wilderness uh, and he, he sees that there is a burning bush. And the key word that we need to uh, take a hold of is in verse 3 so Moses so Moses said I must turn away and see the great this great sight why this bush is not burned up so we see that when Moses encounters this trigger that this thing that God has placed in front of him he shows curiosity towards what God is doing 
right? And in the next verse, we see when God saw that he had turned away from the flock. So I'm using the amplified version and it says Moses turned away from the flock and took a look at what was happening at the burning bush. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, isn't that awesome? Right. So God placed something in front of Moses. Moses was busy doing something. But when he saw that trigger that God had placed, he turned away from his flock and showed curiosity towards what God was doing. So let us take a moment over here and I want to challenge you. Examine your hearts, examine your lives today and just see, are there any triggers that God has placed in your life today? that you are ignoring? Are there any things that God has put in your life today that he's trying to get your attention with, but you've not paid attention to it till now? Ask God right now, you know, and maybe God is going to open up your eyes and show you those little things that he has placed in your life, which is supposed to draw your curiosity towards him. The, uh, what, what I like is, you know, God waited to see whether Moses is responding or not. It, it clearly says in verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had turned from his flock, that is when God called him from the midst of the bush, right? So, so our God is a very interactive God. He, he does things and he waits and sees how we respond. And according to our response, he again takes the next step or says the next thing he has to say, right? So this, this uh, scripture I find so interesting um, and um, many a times Dan and me we we get questions from many young leaders you know uh, many young people who are new in the Lord who say I, I don't know what my calling is I don't I have not heard from God I don't know how to get to know my assignment right and if you have still not heard from God regarding specifically about your calling and your assignment uh, uh, learn to take curiosity in the things of God amen awesome and uh, the the principle that i want to leave you with with this portion of the scripture from chapter verse one to four is god is sovereign in the way he approaches us and is looking or watching out for our response right god is sovereign in the way he approaches us so the way god approached moses might not be the way god approaches you god has different ways and it is varies from individual to individual so if you are looking at some person in your life and uh, and and if you're saying okay that person heard the call of god in this particular way and i'm also going to hear in the same way and if you're waiting for something similar to happen it might not happen that way you know so when when we look at when we compare the call over moses's life to call over gideon's life to call over jeremiah or isaiah all of them were in different circumstances all of them were in different uh, positions all of them were in you know different places uh, the one thing common i find in their lives is they were busy in their own world in their, doing their thing but when they heard god's voice they immediately responded right so god is sovereign in the way he approaches us and is looking and watching out for our response next we go to the second section we look at exodus 3 verses uh, 5 to 10. so what happens when moses responds 
God says, do not come near me. Take off your sandals from your feet because the place which you are standing is a holy ground. Now, um, uh, this supposedly is the first place in the Bible where the word holy is used. And we can go off into a very different tangent studying about holiness of God and what does holiness really mean and all of that. But I don't want to dwell too much on that. That's a very vast topic. Um, here he says, uh, God reveals his heart, right? He says, I am the God of, of your father, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And uh, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. But God continues to say, I have seen the affliction of my people and have heard the cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their pain and their suffering. So uh, verses... Uh, 5 to 10, uh, if I have to summarize in one, not, uh, one sentence, it is God tells Moses about his presence and his plan, right? So here we see that God first reveals himself to Moses, tells Moses, you are standing on holy ground. You are standing in my presence. I am the God of your father. He is introducing himself to Moses. And not only that, God is saying that, I have seen the affliction of my people, heard their cries, and I have a plan to rescue them. So here we see God as a living God, as a loving God, as a God who is interested in his people. You know, so many of us, the people in this world today, whenever we say the word God, they picturize this old man with a long beard sitting in the clouds far away in his throne angry at the world with a frown on his face you know that is not god who who god is and that is how the world projects god in, in uh, if you look at greek philosophy um they say that uh uh, the Greeks used to believe that God is too transcendent, he's too big, he's too huge, and he's not at all interested in human feelings and human events. But that is not God who, is, uh, who God is. Over here we see that God is very interested. He's not apathetic. Uh, he is very interested. You know, Psalm 94.9, it says, He who gave us ears, does he not hear? He who gave us eyes, does he not see? Right. The scripture says that uh, is his hand not is his hand too short that he cannot save us. So he is a living God. He is a loving God. He's interested in our situations and he wants to interfere in our situations. He saw the misery of of the Israelites and he wanted to rescue them. Right. And he was choosing Moses and revealing this to Moses. So when we encounter God. Right. The principle that I want to leave you with in this section is always understand that God has a bigger plan than what you are encountering him for. Moses was get, uh, getting encountered by God. Moses was hearing God's voice. He was getting overwhelmed. He was he was feeling scared. But that was that was Moses's tunnel vision of what was happening around him. God had a bigger plan. God had a bigger purpose, right? So always understand that God has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for encountering you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? I hope you're liking the study today. Let's quickly move on to the third section right so we look at verses 11 to 15 and i love i absolutely love this part it says uh okay let me not jump the gun let's just 
read a portion of it from verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the children out of Egypt? So typical of us, right? God is talking about this big plan and Moses is focus, focusing on himself. Who am I, Lord? And God's response is, I, certainly I will be with you and this shall be the sign. Um, and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve and worship God at this very mountain. Right? And then Moses goes on to say, Behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, uh, if they ask me, what is his name or who has sent? So uh, Moses is basically saying, if you are sending me, and the Israelites don't believe me. If they ask me, who has sent you? Which God has, I, has sent you? How do I introduce you? Right? How, what do I say? And God, God is telling, I am who I am. So God reveals another, uh, another uh, you know, a name for himself, uh, of, uh, of a section of his identity to Moses. I am who I am. Yahweh, the word Yahweh has come from this uh, um, response of God, right? So here we see that Moses is posing his questions, his insecurities, and God is responding. Moses is asking a question, God is responding. Mo Moses is saying, who am I, Lord? God is saying, I am there with you. Who should I say that I have sent me? Tell them that I am who I am has sent you. You know, our God is a dialoguing God. Our God is a dialoguing God, right? Whenever you are faced with things in your life which you do not have answers to, go to God with your questions. Our God loves to engage in a conversation. He loves to address our fears. He loves to address our insecurities. He loves to give his perspective amongst what we are feeling and thinking, right? But we as humans, our nature is uh, spotlight we focus on ourselves we get fixated on our insecurities we get fixated on our past we get fixated on our uh, baggage so wh what was Moses going through he must have been thinking God I failed in my life God I failed in what I was doing the first 40 years of my life you know whatever it, it, it went to not I was a coward I had to run away I got rejected from my own people but God is saying, certainly I am with you. So let us take this moment to, to think uh, and introspect again and see, are we still trying to argue with God with our fears and insecurities? Or are we allowing God to talk to us? Are we engaging in a conversation with God and allowing him to minister to us? What are the fears that you are battling with right now? What are the insecurities that you are battling with right now? God is more than able to address it. God is more, is more than able, more than interested. You know, he is ready, he's willing, he's uh, very willing to get involved in your life. But are you dialoguing with him? Right? This is so awesome. And God not only dialogues with, uh, with Moses, but he also... Uh, instructs Moses what to do next. He says, go meet the elders uh, of, of uh, the, the Israelite elders and tell them this, right? Then he, he tells, but when you go and do this, uh, Pharaoh will not listen. I will, his heart will be hardened, but I will show signs. I will do mighty things. So God not only 
tells Moses that he has a plan. He also reveals some portions of the plan and prepares Moses in advance, right? And not only that, God equips Moses. He says, okay, I will give you power and authority. What do you have in your hand? It's an ordinary stick. What Moses had in his hand was an ordinary stick. God says, throw it on the floor and it turns into a snake and pick it up and it turns into a stick again. Right. And God says, uh, look at your hand. How is it? So Moses's hand was fine. He was healthy. But when he puts it in his robe and takes it out, it becomes leprous. And when he puts it in his robe again the second time and takes it out, the le leprosy has gone. So Moses not only, uh, God not only gives Moses the mandate, he assures Moses that he is with him. He tells him of the future events that's going to happen. He also gives him powers to show, demonstrate the power of God, right? Signs and wonders to demonstrate. So God is not only calling Moses, but completely equipping him, preparing him for the plan and the purpose right this is this is so awesome and still you know Mo Moses I feel like he crosses the line a little bit and at the end when we look at uh, chapter 4 verse 10 Moses uh, says please Lord I am not a man of words neither uh, before nor since have you spoken to your servant for I am slow of speech and tongue Moses is still arguing with God, right? That I am, I stammer, I'm slow of speech. I'm not eloquent with my words. He's still fixated on his insecurities. And that is when God kind of gets angry with him and he says, okay, I'm going to give you Aaron uh, to be your mouthpiece, right? But uh, when we look at chapter four, verse 11, this was very interesting to me. Uh, God says, who has made man's mouth or who has made the mute or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Right. Uh, last night when I was when I was reading the scripture, I had a really personal time with God and I could totally relate to Moses when uh, he said, I'm not eloquent enough. I also feel like I'm, I'm not eloquent enough. You have all heard uh, Dan share, Dan preach fiery messages and I feel like I am you know uh, I tend to I have this tendency to underqualify myself and when I was reading this verse I had tears in my eyes suddenly I said God I'm not eloquent enough I'm not good enough you know and God is saying am I not the uh, did I not make the mouth of man so even if you have uh, if you are at a disadvantageous position even if you have um, flaws God is saying, I am responsible for even those things. I am responsible for it. You are not responsible for it. It is my sovereign will that that thing is in your life. Right? God is sovereign. And if you, if you are facing insecurities and flaws, don't blame yourself for it. God knows about it and he has allowed that thing to happen to you. God is saying over here, I am, not, am I not the one who made the blind or the deaf? Now then go and I, even I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what to say. How awesome is that? God is willing to take imperfect vessels and fill us with himself, fill our mouths with his words, right? Uh, the only requirement he's asking of us is to, is to be available, is to be available.
right? So, um, I just feel like ending with this. I, I just feel like saying that when God calls a person for a plan, right? There are two different things that are happening. God uses you to fulfill his plan or the purpose, but God uses the plan to complete his work in you. Both are interrelated. God's calling over your life, God's calling over you is interrelated to the plan, the larger picture that God has in mind for his people. God never calls you just for you. God always has his people in his mind, right? But when he is using you to execute the larger plan for all the people, he is using that process to mold you into a better uh, 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 version that is more like him, to complete the good work that he has started in his life. Right. And if we if we look at Moses's life, if we look at uh, how he started, look at Moses in the burning bush, like uh, at, at this place in Horeb near the burning bush and then compare how Moses ended his journey. Right. The Israelites go uh, to the promised land and Moses is left behind. He is not uh, allowed to go to the promised land, but he's on the mountain with God alone. And he uh, the Bible says that he dies. In, in the mountain and then God buries him, right? So according to me, that is the most beautiful uh, way of ending the story because Moses started with as an insecure man who did not know how to do what God had called him to do, but Moses ended as a person who was who had a relationship with God. During the journey, he changed, you know, he, he molded, he changed from this insecure person to a person who says, God, I will not go if you do not go with me. And to the point, you know, he uh, does not end up going to the promised land, but he's in the wilderness, but he's with God. I'd rather be in the wilderness with God than being in the promised land without God. That relationship is more important. And the way Moses ends his life is he is on the mountain alone with God and even when he dies, God buries him. That is, the, I am a romantic at heart, so I find that extremely romantic. He is alone with God and even when he dies, God is there to bury him. Isn't that so beautiful? Isn't that so beautiful? So many people might think that, uh, might think that Moses' Life in the end was a failure because he could not enter the promised land, but no, not at all. His mission was a success. His, the call, the mandate on his life was to lead his people, uh, the Israelites, to the promised land, which did happen, though Moses did not enter it himself. Right? So God calls you. God has an assignment for you. God has a bigger picture, his people, in his mind. But during the journey, your relationship with him is what he wants to build on right are you getting molded in your in your walk with god as you are uh, serving god in ministry are you allowing all of that to mold you like to become like christ right are you being uh, obedient to the call are you being obedient to the voice of god i have a very exam uh, beautiful example to share and maybe i'll end with that from, uh, I was reading a book uh, written by Heidi Baker. It's called Learning to Love. And in that book, she talks about how God uh, intimately speaks with her. Um, and uh, 
she has established so many churches already in Mozambique and different parts of Africa. But what happens is there is a cyclone or a storm that happens uh, in Africa and she is not in the place, uh, you know, in the at headquarters of her ministry. She's far away somewhere on a boat, sitting on a boat with her team members. And then uh, she gets this news that uh, the uh, the office is getting, uh, has been destroyed, has been impacted by the cyclone and her spiritual sons, people that she's built in the Lord uh, is getting affected and, you know, and her first reaction is she gets up from the boat and she says, oh my God, I need to go. I need to go because my people need me. There is a storm that has happened. It's, it's devastation. It's calamity. I need to go. That's her first response. But then she hears the voice of God saying that, sit down. I need you here with me. God tells her, I need you right now more than those people over there. There are people to take care of. You've raised enough people in your ministry to take care of all of that. But right now, I want you to be with me. Isn't that amazing? So our walk with God, let us not get too caught up in our assignments, let us not get too caught up in our um, uh, in 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 the ministry itself, and forget about loving God and building a relationship with Him. Right. So I hope uh, this time of Bible study was a blessing to you.